Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, good morning. Glad that you're with us. My name is Blake. It's always a privilege to be gathering, hanging out with you, worshiping, and also seeing what God has in store for us. So if you happen to be new with us, special shout out to you. I want to invite you over in the auditorium. If you're in the house, join us for Culture Course immediately following this service. Um, We've been in this series called Believe for More. Everybody say that with me, Believe for More. Come on now, you gotta say it like you mean it. Like, let's go, like, believe for more. Uh, Week one, we talked about fasting, where fasting positions us. We give something up, God works in our life. It kind of reorients our mind to be ready for what we have in store and what he's ready to show up and do in our life. Last week, we talked about prayer and how prayer is essential and how when we pray, God opens the door for, uh, for more to happen. Today, I want to talk to you about believing for more, even when prayers seem unanswered. Have you ever had a prayer that's gone unanswered? It's demoralizing. It's crippling. It makes you ask questions to yourself like, hey, God, is there something wrong with me? Like, like, is my motive bad? Is, do I have a lot of doubt? Is it like just something that's just not really, like am I not doing something right? And we, and we scratch our head and then we're like, God, how can I believe for more? And you're not even answering the prayers that I'm offering you. Anybody ever been there? This man by the name of David, he might be new with church and figuring some of these things out. He was a great king in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. He, he, he says this last week, God, you're going to answer me. God, you'll bend down and listen to my plea. And then he goes into these four laments or four passion psalms. And in the very next breath, we see in Psalms 22, verse 1, this is some of the language he uses. He says this, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away for when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift up my voice, but I find no relief. So on one hand, David says, God, you're going to answer me. And then on the very next Kind of moment David's in, he says, God, you've abandoned me. You ever felt like that? Have you ever been like, man, God, like, where are you at? I'm groaning, I'm hurting, I'm messed up, I'm mixed up, I'm confused, I'm lost. Where are you at? My wife and I, Uh, Some of you know our story a little bit. We've shared it. I believe everybody has a story and it's meant to be shared. It's powerful. We call this your testimony because where God brings you and what he brings you through can impact someone to your right or to your left, can impact people around in your circle. So I always say, hey, share what God God has done in your life. So our story kind of looked like this. I I met my wife in Las Vegas at a church. Everybody's always preface at a church. 
Um, and four years in, we were serving as a staff pastor overseeing youth and associate work. And, and, and we we're seeing exponential growth in some of the areas that we were leading. It was awesome. God was moving. Well, four years into our ministry experience and our first role, we're in our 20s and, and uh, the church to not really anything we could have done, my wife and, and, and me personally, but declares, comes on really hard financial hardship, declares for chapter 11 bankruptcy. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that, uh, chapter 11 bankruptcy basically says, hey, the government selects a trustee to come in and, and handle and resolve your financial situation. Now, you might be thinking here, if, if you're someone that's kind of uh, maybe smart, whenever the government kind of shows up at the table, you know you're in little hot water. That's what happened. That whole year, we we're kind of seeing this bankruptcy play out, not really having anything that we can control, anything we can do, and we're kind of seeing this uh, firsthand. We're like, God, you are doing radical things in the ministry we're overseeing, but on the other side, what is taking place? Are we even going to have a church? So that first, so I that when the declaration or the, the bankruptcy is declared, we start praying, my wife and I, and we're praying and we're praying, oh God, we don't want to leave Las Vegas. God, we love Las Vegas. Like it was, a, it was a cool place to live. It was a lot to do. Fast forward a year, five years in, all of a sudden overnight, find ourselves without a job, church is closed, shut down, turnkey. 15 to probably $17 million asset given to the government, relinquished, gripping in our life. So what's that mean for Blake and Brittany? We were there. God, we're praying out of a job with a mortgage, no insurance, two kids, all under the age of two at this time. We're confused, concerned. And I'll be honest with you, I was bitter towards God. I remember waking up in my, my prayer moments that morning and being like, God, I went to Bible college for you. Like, I feel like I missed out on life for you. Like, rather than football and fraternities, we had prayer and fasting. You know, like, that's Bible college. And I've been like, God, like, I, I committed to you. I've, I brought my life. Like, you don't, we don't, we're not pursuing money. We're trying to do the best we can. And, and like, God, like, where are you at? We felt utterly abandoned in that season. Now you fast forward and you look at what God's done in our life, what we've grown through, what we've gone through, and how he's just led us. Never would we have imagined we'd be here with you, faith assembly in southwest florida like we look back and it's easy but when you're going through it you might be feeling god you've abandoned me so we have to ask ourselves this questions when it seems like our prayers are going unanswered even though we're being pushed to believe for more is this unanswered prayer leads us to a choice am i going to pursue god or am i going to push god away when your unanswered prayer is happening in your life, you're praying, you're going to your knees, you're calling on God, and hey, are you going to say, hey, you know what, God, you're not answering my prayer, so I'm going to push you away? Or are you going to say, God, I'm going to pursue you in the midst of my unanswered prayer and continue to believe for more in my life? Some of us in here are, are giants of the faith. 
where you have unanswered prayer and you look at your life and it's a redemption story. Some of us right now, myself included, we have some unanswered prayer that's hanging over our heads. Maybe it's a diagnosis of a loved one. Maybe it's that job that you're hoping for. Maybe you're trying to find friendship in, in a community where you don't know anybody. And you keep praying and you're praying and you're praying and, and it seems like it's unanswered. You're challenged right now to do one or two things. One, you can pursue God or one, you can say, God, nope, I'm pushing you away. I'm going to go about it my own way. So today I want to talk to you about that. I want to first start off by saying this, unanswered prayer puts us in good company. Now, we've heard the saying, right? Misery loves company. That's true, man. I like to golf. And there's moments when I tee the ball up and I shank it and I hit it into the woods. Sometimes when I'm golfing with Pastor Goss, he makes his comments. And nothing is more pleasing than when he gets up there and he shanks it. I love it. It's like, dude, I'm not, on by, I'm not by myself. It's like, I stink. Well, hey, you do too. <laughs> like, right, there's been moments where maybe you failed a test the bar exam, maybe your certification when it comes to teaching. Maybe there's been moments in life where, you know, like, am I all doing, am I doing this by myself? No, it's great. Like, you look around, there's people in this room online joining us today that there's times where their prayers have gone unanswered. In fact, some of the greatest people favored in the Bible, God used in the Bible, their prayers went unanswered at moments in times. Well, let's start with Moses, this man by the name of Moses. You might be new, learning about Moses. You know Moses, he delivered God's people out of slavery and into, uh, hopefully, at, at the end of it, the promised land. You know, he never wanted to. He actually says this in Exodus 4.13. This is his prayer. But Moses, again, pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. He didn't want to. But guess who God uses? Moses. This man by the name of David, we just quoted his psalm, and, and what's interesting when we talk about his psalm there, we find in Psalms 22, then it goes to the, the, the famous psalm of Psalm 23, but he says this in Exodus 4, 14, when some things are taking place in his life. Well, uh, let me rewind, Exodus 4, 14, it says this, then the Lord became angry with Moses. And then we move over to David. In 2 Samuel 12, 16, it, it says this in Scripture. It says, David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. He fasted and he prayed all night for his child to be saved. But his child, this is what happened on the seventh day. Then on the seventh day, the child died. David, at the end of the day, is known as a man after God's own heart, but had unanswered prayer. You see this man by the name of Paul. Now, you might be new to church and figuring some things out. You know, Paul wrote, gives us some of the greatest theology that we can ever understand. He once hated and persecuted Christians. Now he's this man who's written two-thirds of the New Testament and just a phenomenal theologian. You know, he says he prayed three different times, 
I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need, my power works best in weakness. Meaning Paul was plighted with unanswered prayer. So sometimes when you're feeling like, God, no one is seeing my prayer, it's not being answered, I want to encourage you. If your prayer seems unanswered, you're not alone. I bet you can talk to someone on your right, someone on your left, and it's nice to know, hey, I'm not perfect, I've made mistakes. It's nice to know, hey, my prayers at times go unanswered, and, and that's all right, because God's working through that. But probably the greatest example we see is in Matthew chapter 26. This is Jesus' last 24 hours. He's stalked by unanswered prayer. He's talking with his disciples and he says this. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible. And I want to pause right there. It seems like when you read it, it's this question of if it is possible. But really, if you look at the original language, he's saying, God, I know it's possible. Please deliver me from this in essence. Because at this time, we see this estrangement that's happening in between God and the ultimate, pure, sinless sacrifice of Jesus. Where when we look at it and it says, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. And in verse 39 of it, he goes, yes, I want your will to be done, not mine. So Jesus is in this moment, and we have this other account of Jesus' final 24 hours when he's praying in the garden, and it's coming to the point where the capillaries and his sweat glands are starting to burst, that he is praying with such shame, guilt from the whole world, that what happens is blood is coming down from his face. When you think of how much anxiety and pressure there might be on you, It's hard to even imagine the point of that pressure being placed on you, the sin of the world of what has been to what is currently taking place in Jesus' life to the very future of the world. Jesus bore all sin, died for each and every one of us. Scripture says he was in anguish. He was in suffering. And my friends, that's the gospel that Jesus died for us, that God raised him three days later. And I want to encourage you, when you make Jesus the Lord and leader of your life, perspective changes, your life changes, transformation, and everything in your life happens. If you've started that relationship with Jesus, that's great. But if you're looking for an answer and hope in life, start with Jesus. But you know, at the end of the day, Jesus' prayers seem to go unanswered. We're in great company. If you're in here right now with that unanswered prayer in your mind, no, you're in great company. But we also see this. Well, J.B. Lightfoot puts it this way. God has granted you for high privilege of suffering for Christ. This is the surest sign that he looks upon you with favor. So rather than thinking that your unanswered prayer is something that is 
wrong or God doesn't hear or let's the how-to to fix that. Know that there's favor and know that God's learning something or know that you're learning something in your relationship with him. And that leads me to this. Unanswered prayer takes us on a journey. Unanswered prayer takes us on a journey. Now we come to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, where Jesus is speaking on the Sermon on the Mount. And he's talking about prayer and he says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. Verse 8 says this, for everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. See, oftentimes in our American mindset, we view this as a sequence. If I do this, then this will be the result. What really, when you read the scripture, and what Jesus is talking about is this, this invitation on a journey. That's what it is. Uh, I want to start over here. I have three markers up here. The first part of the invitation, the first part of the journey is invitation. We put this right here. It's a marker in life. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask. Now, when do we ask of something or of someone when we need something, right? We, we turn to God when we need a miracle. We turn to God when there's some things that are broken and messed up in life and we're saying, hey God, I need some help right now. What really is orchestrating and playing out is God is asking and seeking and pursuing an invitation to have a relationship with you. It's the journey. We look the, now, a few weeks ago, my Cincinnati Bengals played the Buffalo Bills. You maybe were familiar of what happened in that game. DeMar Hamlin takes this weird kind of hit and goes into cardiac arrest. They save his life on the field. CPR is administered walking testimony. But you know what's fascinating in that whole thing? How many people started to pray? How many networks that are probably like anti-God starting to say, hey, let's pray. Like you're tuning into ESPN and some of their commentators are now praying. And you kind of scratch your head. People that never would have prayed except for a tragedy to happen now entered into a time of invitation. So we need to think about that a little bit. Sometimes that journey of unanswered prayer, God's inviting you to have a real encounter with him. Invitation. But then we come back and we look at marker number two. And it looks like this whenever Jesus is talking. It doesn't stop with just asking, but it starts with, it continues with seeking or exploration. That God wants you to continue to seek him. You know, we talked a little bit about this last week, but, you know, if you invite God, hey, God, I need your help. God, give me this, give me this. We look at him as a genie in the sky, and we say, God, I need you, and then we get everything we need, then there's not much of a relationship there, right? There's no need to come back if you already got everything you needed answered or everything you wanted given. 
Sometimes in our unanswered prayer, it means that God's taken us through a journey and it means that there's some exploration that needs to happen. In the Old Testament, the kings and the judges, they would seek God. Seek was equivalent to pursuing who he was, that we would explore our relationship with him. Some of us have been following the Lord for 30 years. Some of us, maybe this is your first time in church and you don't even know how you feel about church. I would encourage you to do this. Start praying, start seeking, start asking big questions. God actually is thrilled and likes when we're asking questions because when we're seeking him, it means that we're pursuing a relationship. Matthew 7, 7, it says, keep on seeking and you will find. Many times, we just want to quit looking until your wife shows up and she finds your wallet and keys and then you're good. But then it leads us to this final point of the journey destination marker three sometimes our unanswered prayer begins with an invitation of the need then it moves to this exploration i got to keep going to god for the need and then it goes to the destination matthew 7 7 it says this, keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you Amen. see now we read this in the united states but when we look at that original, keep on knocking and the door will be open to you, really anything that was of value, that was handled, any contract negotiated, anything like that back in the Jewish Eastern time of some 2,000 years ago was always done and always happened at the dinner table. So when we see this knock, the door will be open to you, it means this relationship's gonna happen. Come follow me, let's sit at the table together. Let's have relationship with one another. So that's what Jesus is saying when he's talking about our prayer life, invitation, keep seeking and searching, exploration, and then the ultimate destination is that you have a relationship with God. So I want us to know this. See, God invites us by need, encourages us to seek him, to engage in a relationship with him. Ultimately, when we start looking at our unanswered prayers, not necessarily as what can I get from God, but more of, hey, what can I understand and how can I grow in a relationship on that journey with him, things radically change. And then how do we really handle unanswered prayer? We handle unanswered prayer with persistent prayer. Rather than going back home and saying, you know, maybe you've been in church for a while and you've heard maybe like your prayers aren't being answered because unconfessed sin, there's a lack of motivation or, or wrong or misleading or you're praying for the wrong thing. Maybe there's some of those items that are taking place. And you go back and you're like, how can I fix it? Right? We want to fix those things. My challenge to you, not saying those things can off-rail our prayer, but my challenge to you is this. Rather than being consumed with the how-to, be consumed with the relationship and be consumed with saying, God, I'm going to consistently and persistently seek you. Jesus teaches of this parable in Luke 18 by this. He gives a couple characters for us. In verse 1, He's talking to his best friends. He says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show how they should always pray and never give up. 
There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of the city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said, I don't fear God or care about people. Now I want to pause right there. Not only is Jesus saying, uh, given this illustrative uh, concept and figure about this judge, but what he's highlighting as well, to say you don't care about God in this kind of context, in this world, in some 2,000 years ago, is meaning really you're an evil individual. No one would really have the audacity to say, I don't believe in God. Now, they might not practice, but they sure publicly wouldn't say, hey, I don't believe in God. So really what they're illustrating here in this persistent widow, what Jesus is communicating to his disciples is that, hey, when we look at it, when we're talking about it, this is an evil judge. Doesn't love people and doesn't love God. But this woman is driving me crazy, the judge says. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Well, Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a decision, a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? There's this persistency that Jesus encourages his his followers to have. This consistency to say, hey, pray and and don't give up. See, unanswered prayer is met with our consistent prayer, our persistent prayer, this journey that we're on. So a lot of times we have to look at, well, then what is persistent prayer? prayer. A couple of things that we can look at in this story is this, it's, it's desperation. A widow in this time when Jesus is teaching this story is the lowest of the low in society. Women didn't have rights. Women couldn't own property. Women couldn't really do much other than survive by begging or off the means or, or turn to a different kind of trade that was maybe immoral. And so when he uses a widow and Luke in this gospel, Dr. Luke always kind of highlights these widows and he has this fascination because Jesus had a a heart for widows, the, the, the lowest of the low in society. But when the widow is seeking and pursuing justice, she's in desperation. Persistent prayer is desperate prayer. I think a lot of times when we pray, like let's, if we're honest with ourselves, when we're praying for unanswered prayer, are we pleading with God and saying, God, show up in my life to the point where we're emotional and we're seeking and we're concerned? Or are we saying, hey, I have some unanswered prayer and it's kind of like, hey, God, uh, you see this unanswered prayer, I need a job, see you later. Like the widow's desperate. She's saying, if I don't get this justice, my life is over. 
When you're praying persistently, are you coming to God with this sense and this eagerness of desperation? Or is it like, hey, I'll add in my prayer and it'll be all right. But it's not just desperation. There's justice. Justice means fair. I like to illustrate it this way. We have little ones and finding a daycare is always important and, and needed in our life. And when we look at things and I know there's been moments in life when Brittany and I have prayed and it's like, God, we need our kid to get in that daycare or that child care. God, we need somebody. And, and we get waitlisted and there's like 25 kids in front of our kid and we're 26 and we're like, God, we don't care what happens to those kids. Our kid's the one that matters. Now, let me ask you, is that justice in your prayer? See, sometimes we pray these prayers and we don't really have concerns for the justice or the fairness in life. The widow was wronged. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray big prayers or, or believe for God for more, but what, I'm sh- what I am saying is this. We need to look at life, understand that, hey, when we're praying, it matters to those also around us. Persistent prayer, it's desperation, but there's also justice to it. And now I want to encourage you with this in our Final moment together. Persistent prayer is focused on promises, not the problems. Persistent prayer is focused on the promises, not the problems. There's many times we highlight the problems, and they're the billboards in life. God, here's my problem. God, here's my problem. Here's my problem. But you know there's over 3,000 some promises in Scripture I would encourage you when you're praying persistently and consistently, focus on the promises that God offers. Let me just give you a few of them. In in Hebrews 13, 5, it says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. When you feel all alone, guess what, man? God's got your back. God's there. Even when it feels like you've abandoned him, when he's abandoned, when he's gone, when he's not here and you're groaning. In Nehemiah 8.10, we see another promise right here. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Wrestling with anxiety, depression, concerns, worry, and you feel depleted and you don't have joy, you show up and you're sad, you're down and out. God, I need your joy. I need your strength in my life. That's a promise. We also see another promise in Isaiah 40, 29. It says this, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. There's moments I don't want to keep my head up when we were concerned and didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't know how to operate or live out in our life when we're searching for a job. But one step at a time, God's strength renewed. So today I wanna close in prayer. The band's gonna play just for a moment and we're gonna call on God right now because many of us have unanswered prayer. I wanna challenge you in what you're facing, what you're dealing with. Practice what we just talked about right now here in this moment. So if you'll pray with me and then the band will come on stage and lead us in just a short song. Lord, we give you this moment right now. We wanna believe for more, even when it seems like our prayers are unanswered. Lead us and guide us, God. We call on your name and 
in every way, every aspect. Lord, you see the unanswered prayers in here. Lord, some people showing up right now are prayers that are answered, and we thank you for that. But for many of us, Lord, there's some things that we're praying about, we're concerned about, we're, we're losing sleep over. Right now, we pray, and may we per be persistent in that prayer. God, we give you today, we give you this moment. Thank you for everything you've done in our lives and will continue to do in our lives. And in your great and holy name, we all say, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.